Well, I needed to give you more after the sermon two weeks ago. I felt like there was more in me with the vision message. And so today is a continuation of that message. And uh, I just want to remind you, if you weren't here, that our theme for this year is to be strengthened. Strengthened. In Acts 16.5, I talked about this verse. I love it. It says, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. And I believe that. I believe that God wants us to be strengthened, not as a way of like, yeah, we're going to strengthen and not do anything, but we're strengthened and we're going to continue to grow. We're continuing to get stronger. And that is our theme, to be strengthened uh, this year. Now, uh, I got an email this week. As you know, I get a lot of emails and I love, love this one. Uh, this one came in and said, Pastor Rob, I just have a thought. It's kind of like, just like bodybuilders have cutting periods and bulking periods. And they probably thought I knew about this, like with bodybuilding, you know, looking at me. They thought I would know. Anyways, uh, yeah. They said, just like they have cutting periods and bulking periods, we at River Valley are in a bulking season. And I agree with that. We are in a bulking season. We are bulking up and uh, there's going to be a time to cut, but there's a time right now that we are being bulked up and we're saying, God, it's time for us to be strengthened. And we left off uh, two weeks ago. I talked about Paul in Romans. He's talking to the church there. And in verse uh, eight of chapter one, he's saying, I, I thank God for you. Like, it's good. What you're doing is being proclaimed all around the world. And I spoke over our church that what we're doing is good. It's being proclaimed around the world. People are talking about what God is doing here. And then I talked about how Paul said, like, I long to impart something to you. I want you to be strengthened. I want to get you even stronger. Like, you're already good. Now I want you to be stronger. And then he says, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm continuing. I want you to be strong. He even ends Romans with, like, I want you to be strengthened. God will strengthen you. And he's saying, hey, I, I want to move this forward. And, and the whole purpose is I am trying to get to Spain. I'm trying to get to Spain. He's saying, I need the church at Rome to be strong. I, I'm trying to get to Spain because at that time, the movers and shakers, the place to be was Spain. And he's like, I, I want to get there. I want to do this. I, I've got to make this impact and I've got to do this. And he said, I want you to be strong, be strengthened. There's more for us to do. And as we pick up on that, I, I just felt like I ended it right there and I, I didn't want to end it there. I want to keep going because there's so much more for us because we need to realize that we are a global church. If you missed that, I talked about that we are a local church, but we have a global heart. We are local and global, local heart, global heart. And how do you have a local heart and a global heart? You have a global heart, global. We are about going into all the world and there's just this unique, unique calling upon our church. And so I had been um, trying to figure this out I've been trying to figure this out as a pastor and trying to figure out how do we do this. Um, there's a unique calling upon our church. And I realized this, that Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, he had a global calling on his life. He has a global uh, imp influence out there. He just like, keeps going and going. And I realized that as I looked at Acts, that James became the father of the church in Jerusalem. Okay, James is the father of the church in Jerusalem. He's the leader there. Paul is kind of on the expanding edge and really pushing the church outward. And James is taking care of home base. And as I'm trying to speak to my staff, I'm trying to understand again how our church is different. If you haven't noticed, um, I feel like there's a unique calling on our church really to truly be global. 
Um, it, it pains me when people say, like, you're, you're too much about out there and you're too much about going into all the world. And I'm like, I, I didn't know how to explain it until now, but now I would say, no, we're local. We're about the local church and we're about the global church. We're about James and we're about Paul. We're about keeping things strong at home, but we're also about pushing the edge out. And so I'm trying to, again, just figure out how our church is, is uniquely positioned. And I'm talking to our staff, and I get this download and this illustration and a visual that I will share with you in just a moment. And I, I just want to just share with you and reassure everyone, we are a local church and we always will be. All right, God has called us to be a local church, and that's where we started with. That's where our heart we started, I mean, I never thought we'd do what we do. I mean, we started with 13 people in a Bible study the very first day. We were there, and, and we, we only had four people, like I said, that weren't related to me or promised a job, okay? <laughs> and of the four that were there, two quit on the first night. We weren't going the right direction, you know what I'm saying? So we're down to two. And, and, and I thought maybe, maybe our church could get to 1,500 people, and that would be the, the, the end-all, be-all. That was as big as my dream was. And yet God starts moving our church forward, and he starts pushing it forward. And I shared a little bit, and I'll just take you on this journey. I'll, I'll never forget the day. There's been some key moments where God has just brought our vision as a church into clarity and I'm pastoring the church with this moment. I believe this is bigger than just vision for this year. I think it's going to help us as we move forward year after year after year. Okay, I'm, I'm on the front row and I'm worshiping one day and, and, and there's a new singer on, on the stage and I don't know who it is. He starts to play and it's Ryan Williams. And um, immediately I look up and I said, who is that guy? He's got great voice. And there's an anointing on him. And I said, whoever he is, he's hired. And they said, he's the new intern. I said, he's hired, you know. And then I start to get this download. I just start looking at him, I'm praying, and I get this download that this guy is going to lead our worship team. He's going to take this worship team globally. And I, I'm thinking, he's intern guy. I mean, I don't even know his name yet, you know. And, and I'm getting this download, and as this is happening, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. That's one of those key moments. I'll give you another one. I'm, I know a guy that is really good in missions, but he leaves pastoral ministry. He leaves pastoral ministries and he starts selling medical supplies. But I think his heart is for missions and God is somehow putting my heart and his heart together. And so month after month, we are meeting at P.F. Chang's for lunch. We're meeting at P.F. Chang's once a month. And every month uh, at P.F. Chang's, I said, have you ever thought about getting back into the pastoral ministry? I really feel there's a call. He said, no, 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 it's not. I don't, I don't think it's on me anymore. I said, I really think it is. After several months of doing this, finally, Pastor Justin Mack said yes. And he left medical sales and he said, I'll do it part-time. I'll do it part-time and I'll come to work at River Valley Church. And from that, from a guy who was in pastoral ministry, who thought his time was done, who goes over, comes back in, all of a sudden God says, all right, now I've got another piece in this puzzle that's going to be part of the unique calling on this church. And if you know, I, I tease that he is gas to the fire that was already in me, all right? I feel like he's just like pouring like gas on the fire and he's just saying, let's go do this, let's go do more. He was with me when 
along with one of our, our elders, Mark Paul, they were with me when that moment happened, when we received the 500 call to send 500 missionaries. So you see, all this is coming together as the church continues to grow. I'm watching what God's doing around River Valley Church, and all of a sudden, I, I feel like my calling is expanding, and things are happening in my life, and God gives me a few breakthroughs, and and people will even say, like, years ago, you didn't preach nearly as strong. Did you get some preaching lessons or something? Or, you know, or did your mom straighten you up? You know, what was it? You know, she does, you know. And my wife would always say, great sermon. My, wife, my mom would be like, that wasn't that good. Go pray more. You know, so you need that person in your life, you know. But God had a moment, and I really remember it. And he said to me, he said, I need you to pastor like you parent. I need you to pastor like your parent. And I was like, what do you mean, God? And he's like, you're a better parent than you are a pastor. You tell your kids the truth because you want them to turn out right, but you're kind of soft on your church and you're, you're, you just want them to like you. And I want you to pastor them. I want you to lead them. I want you to tell them the hard things and to bring them through these things and take them to the next level. And all of a sudden that moment, things change. And then my calling just kind of expands. And I've written this down and I've shared it once or twice before. But I got some clarity within the last two years with my purpose statement. And this is Rob Ketterling's purpose statement. And I, it's right in my soap journal. I read it every day. It says, as an adventure with the Lord, I exist to walk by faith in tune with his heartbeat. Devoted to my family, I am a catalytic heart leader who enlightens, inspires, provides, and equips a local pastor, teacher with a global reach, especially in missions and leadership development. And so it's just clarifying. And then all of a sudden, God starts to bring a, a team to us that helps our next generation, which was on our heart when we started our church. We said we'd risk anything for the next generation. We just wanted to be, uh, make sure that they would love Jesus. And so God assembles an amazing kids team, an amazing youth team. And then uh, Pastor Terry Parkman starts to head that up, and, and things are going global with that. And then Kingdom Builders, if you, you know, here we are talking about six million this weekend. It started with a few hundred thousand. I had no idea. I had no idea. It just, it just keeps growing and growing. And we're saying over six million this year. And there's not a week that doesn't go by where we don't get asked, like, can you come coach us, teach this? And so all these things start going. And I realized these are four areas that God has given us that are like Paul, if you will, that are things that we're taking outside. They're in the church here, but they're being asked to be brought outside. And I'm realizing that we have a, a James church that we're taking care of that, is, that needs to be pastored. And we have a Paul edge, if you will, that glocal, and we're trying to figure it out. And, I, and, and what I want to just clearly speak to the church today is even though we're uniquely called to bring some of these areas outside, we are still a local church. God loves what he's doing here at River Valley Church. Okay, he does. All right. And, and when I look at the James church, there, there's something beautiful about having pastors and leaders that will pray for you. And I look at James as the early father of the church in Jerusalem. He was known as James the Just. James the Just, because his life was so strong and so moral. He was known as having like camel knees because he prayed so much. He was a pastor's pastor, if you will. And then I see Paul, he's, 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 he's submitting to James. And if you see in Acts 15 and Acts 21, and you see Paul's like, trying, he's going out on the edge and he comes back. He's like, come on. And, and James even steps in in Acts 15. He's like, all right, I'm speaking up here. And the whole church listens. Like if James is speaking, everybody's listening. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I want to uh, celebrate 
these things and make you understand that God has called us to take things outside, but we're going to live in this balance. Now, I have one chart. I think they have the, the local church impact and the global influence. If you could throw that chart up real quick and just show everybody that. Um, we live in that balance, all right? That's the way we live. We live in that balance between those two things. And I believe that we're kind of like 50-50 and no church can be like, you know, we don't care about what God's doing out there. If they do, they become inward focused and I believe like they collapse, all right? And so God's called us to live there and he's wanting us to do that. And as I'm getting this download, I draw this chart for my staff and I want you to go ahead and throw that up on the screen. And I want to share it with the whole church. I want to just share this with you. I started drawing. I said, I think there's four things that God is calling us to bring, which I've just summarized. Kingdom builders and next generation and River Valley worship and, 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 and we're global project. And we're supposed to take these to all the world. And then I drew a cross on the top because it's all for the glory of God. And I said, and then it's like our church is launching these things out. And then one of the staff members jumps up and says, those are like our four values. And then we put the other three in the middle, like those are needed in the local church. And you can imagine the excitement that's happening in our staff. And I'm sharing this with them. And I wanted to share it with you so you fully understand that. And I want to reinforce how important James is to what we're doing. I want to reinforce this to you, that we celebrate that God has called us to be a local church with unique ability to, to affect the church around the world in those four areas and, and to be able to take those outside. But it's a local church first. One of our uh, elders' wives, uh, Laura Johnson, she said, this just sets me free. She goes, I am James, James, James. She's like, this is so good. And she goes, in a church that just celebrates the out there so much, I was so excited that James launches Paul. And I was like, yes, that's exactly how I want you to feel. I see this in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul's talking, and he says, just as the body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And Paul's using this example. He's like, you know, the foot can't say because I can't do this, and the eye can't say this, and the ear, and the nose. And he's like, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God has every single one of us here at River Valley Church exactly where he wants us to be. If your gift is ushering, ush away, all right? If your gift is greeting, greet away. If your gift is, you know, going, go. You understand, giving, whatever it is, God has placed us all here in a local church with the ability to do all this for the glory of God. In our unique calling, we need each and every one of us. And I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He's like, even the hidden parts, he's like, we don't understand, they're really important. How many know right now? Everyone that's in nursery is really important. Listen. No crying children, right? Right? I mean, somebody's watching them. All right, praise God. And if there's kids in here, we're glad you're here. All right? But I'm telling you, every part, you might think, well, that's insignificant. No, that's significant. Every single piece works together. And all of a sudden, we're able to go do all that God has called us to do. Now, and here's another thing in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, he talks about, hey, when one suffers, we all suffer. When one wins, we all win. Yeah. And I don't have time to go into it, but in the Old Testament, there's a story about King David going to battle and some of the guys were tired and they stay and guard this stuff. And the other guys go into battle and they bring back the spoils of the, of the battle. And they say, we don't want to share with the guys that stayed there. And King David said, no, no. Everybody shares. The people that stay home share. The people that go share. Everybody shares. We need everybody. And it said that was a policy that was instituted in Israel on that day. Everyone shares. Everyone's important. Everyone gets to say, we did that. 
We did that. We, you, I, together. These are the things that we should be saying that when we celebrate, when we, when we send teams out, when we do these things, when we lay hands on a missionary and send them out, we did that. The James local church was strong and sent these people out. And God needs every single one of us to do our part. Every single one of us. So we're sending our worship leaders around the world. And I'm asking for you to not complain if your favorite worship leader doesn't lead on Sunday. All right? You're like, well, who's the new guy up there? And his jeans are too skinny. And I don't know if I like him, you know. And what's up with that? Didn't they give him the rule on the deep V shirt? I don't know. You know, like, you know say it, and you're like, ah, what's going on with that guy? All right? I'm not, I'm not uh, all right? I'm not asking you to sit there and watch him. I'm asking you to go and worship. All right? I'm saying that if we're going to send some people out, and that's part of our unique calling, occasionally our worship leaders will be sent around the world and we'll bring up the other people that we're raising up. But here's what I believe. I believe our best worship leaders have never stepped foot on this platform yet. I really believe that. I really believe that, that God is raising up worship leaders and he's bringing up people within this house. It's how I console myself when I hear a child crying during the sermon. I'm like, Lord, that might be a worship leader. All right, you know, all right, it might be. All right, but I believe that. I believe, here's the thing. We are sending KB money all around the world and we're doing training. We are doing that. We are doing that together. James gave the money. The James Church gave the money so the world, so the leading edge of kingdom builders can go out there. Do you understand that? There's not other people giving what God is allowing to happen here. The local church, you, you, God is using you so that the good is being spoken about all around the world. Uh, again, over and over and over again, we're being requested and asked to do this. We were just asked to record all of our videos, and I'll, I'll explain something to you. We're coaching pastors how to do kingdom builders because it's so natural to us, but it's not natural to them. So we just did a whole video series that's going to be released to 500,000 pastors. 500,000 pastors, okay? And in my mind, I'm praying for this, that a thousand churches would have kingdom builders go over a million dollars, which would equal a billion dollars annually towards the kingdom of God. We get to do that. We get to do that. James gets to celebrate that. Uh, this is just, I, I believe it would be wrong to just hold kingdom builders to ourselves. And just say, isn't this great? And we keep remodeling and adding new campuses and do that. And it would be wrong. Instead, we want to give it out and say, God, use what James Church, the local church, has done so well and help us give this to the world so that they can grow in it. I love it. That's why it's so important for you this year to say, I want to be part of this. I want to have a plan to give and I want to work that plan. I want to have a vision to give. And on my card, I'm going to write down that vision amount that I'm praying about. What could God do through me if he showed up and just gave me an ability to go beyond what I could do in my own strength and to pray over that? Or to have a dream number where you say, it's my dream to give this. I'm asking you to realize that this is life and death. This is real. This is lives This is being changed. This is people like Om that we saw in the video whose lives are being changed. And God's using this to change the world. In a time when giving is going down in churches all around the world, God's saying, look what I'm doing here at River Valley. Look what this local church is doing. And now I'm going to take what God is doing, what he's doing right here, and he's letting us bring it all around the world. Thank God for what he's doing through the local church here that is allowed to bring it to the rest of the world. And of course, 
global, we're sending our best. And, and, and you know, we, I'm not saying this to, to brag. I'm just saying this to help you get context. For three years in a row, River Valley has been the number one church. We're in the Assemblies of God in fellowship with those 13,400 churches. We've been number one in missions giving and mission sending three years in a row. The number of missionaries we've been sending to them and the number of missions dollars, number one, three years in a row. And I'm just telling you that God is doing something in our global area. And he's saying, keep doing it, keep doing it. And you know what I pray over our church? I pray over all the people that own businesses, all the people that are inventors. I pray, over, pray an entrepreneur blessing and I pray an inventor's bl blessing and I pray for really smart software people. Come on, where's the next Bill Gates? I hope he's in, he or she is in River Valley. You know, I'm just saying, I'm praying for this. Why? Because the need is so great. And I know what we want to do for kingdom builders and sending people around the world. And if we're going to send 500 missionaries, I believe we need to bulk up. I believe God needs our church to grow to twice the size it is now. I really believe that. What does that mean? More services, more campuses, more. But we've, this is part of our unique calling that God has asked us to do. And of course, the next generation, it works at home. And so we export it to the world. One of the largest churches in Arizona just said, hey, we want to we want to go to what you're doing and just simply put what they're doing in our youth ministry is is saying, God, we want our youth to have to dig deeper into apologetics. We want them to own their faith. We want it to be more relational. We don't want to send them off to the college and have them get slaughtered because they don't know what they believe. OK, youth group can be fun, but youth group can be fun and it can be full of faith. It can build their faith in Jesus Christ. And speaking of going off to college, we've got our U of M launch with an extension service out of our Minneapolis campus as part of Kingdom Builders. Come on, we're going to train up the next generation. James needs to be strengthened this year. We need to bulk up. We need to continue to bulk up so we can do what God has called us to do. We are not James or Paul. I told the staff this and I said, we're not James or Paul. We're Jamal. All right, that's who we are. We are Jamal. And that's J-A-M-A-U-L, Jamal. All right, all right, that's who we are. That's where James and Paul, we're global. That's who we're called to be. And that's why I'm praying that we'll be strengthened. And I close with this thought. Here's what I'm praying. Paul prayed this over Timothy. In, in 2 Timothy 2.1, he says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, the word that Paul uses here with Timothy is different than other strengthened words. And I want you to grab this this year, and I want you to grab this as a church. He's not saying, Timothy, come on, tough it out. Although other times he would tell him to do that. In this instance, he's saying be strengthened. And the word strengthened there means I want you to be empowered. I want the Lord to put power in you. And that's what I'm speaking over our church this year. I want the Lord to put power in us. I don't want us to say, well, we'll be tougher. We'll, we'll do things that, that we, you will just sacrifice and, and it'll hurt and we won't like it. I'm not talking about that. That's maybe a small portion of it. I'm praying for you to say, God, empower me. Empower me. Put more in me. I'm asking you, God, that it be supernatural that something would happen to strengthen me so I can strengthen this church so this church can strengthen the church, capital C, around the world. And I'm praying that as I get strengthened and I get empowered, Lord, all of us, it'll be just bubbling up and we'll be in one mind and in unity because the Holy Spirit will be empowering each of us. The Holy Spirit will be bulking each of us up 
so that we can use our gifts. I celebrate every single person we send and I celebrate every single person that sends them. We thank God for every person that says, I'm part of the local church. You know, I, I don't think I'm called to go, but I am a sender. Praise God. You say, I'm someone that's going to stay faithfully and man the ship and stay right here and guard the stuff and raise up the next generation and launch them out. Praise God for you. Whether you're sent or sending, this is a unique call that God has on our church. It's a unique call that's there. And I'm praying that we'd be strengthened. I pray that the power from God would be placed in us, empowered, put in us, so that we can in turn strengthen the church around the world. So God, I'm praying for that. Help us to be strengthened. Help us to be strengthened. Put power in us so that we can fulfill the call that is on our life. We didn't ask for this. It's almost like Paul said in Galatians, like, I didn't ask for this, but you picked us and you put it on us. And so now that it's honest, God, we embrace it. We understand it better. We understand what we're doing now. And together, I pray that we move forward in unity in Jesus' name. I'm praying for that, that we'd move forward together in unity. We'd celebrate those that are staying. We'd celebrate those that are sent. We'd celebrate coming back. And like Paul said, there'd be a mutual encouragement both ways. Blessing upon this church as we live out our unique calling. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.